You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Yo, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Factors TV. I'm VI. And I'm really. And this is Factors TV. <laughs> once again, uh, this is episode what? 16? 16, man. Uh, I just want to say, man, appreciate you for holding it down, man. I watched the episode, man. You had a lot of energy. Man, I had to, man. I don't get it. I don't get it. We're late night, baby. Zoned out, baby. When I be here, man, you know, you know, you was full of life, man. You know, that was a good look, though. You really did. You don't even let me talk when you're here, so I got to. I got to get my side out. This is your episode again, man. You got it, man. I'm going to let you do your thing, man. That's all good, man. I got you. Nah, episode 16, though, we're back. Talk about some things, uh, get some things over here now. Thanks, bro. Uh, get some things understood. So, <laughs> uh, but no, starting off, I wanted to give you a shout out because you just received a, a academic accomplishment um, as far as, you know, being recognized for your scholastic, you know, endeavors. Um, in, yeah, uh, you know, in college, so. it's crazy because I've never been into school. So just getting stuff in the mail, like we recognize your uh, achievements and your grades in the uh, uh, pursuit of business degree. And so uh, it's dope to be recognized, man, especially out of the nation and at my school. So I'm representing, I think, like uh, maybe 20 kids, 25 kids at my school, men, women, you know, grown adults, whoever it is. And we're representing um, Eastern Gate. So that's out in Ohio. So, um, yeah, I got something in the mail. So I have the opportunity to go to a forum that's about business innovation. It's pretty dope. So no, that's dope. I'm happy. I'm getting a lot of love for it. So, man, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's dope, man. For real. Because I told you, I'm not a slim chance I'm going back to school. I'm going to scheme a scam to the top, y'all. <laughs> What's going on with you, though? Uh, nothing much, man. Um, just getting ready for this uh, week with the girls, man. Hang out, man. Uh, Easter's this weekend. Planning an Easter egg hunt. So down at Jones Park down in Renton, if you Google it, it'll pop up. There's a park down there. We're going to um, do an Easter egg hunt for the kids. What day? Barbecue on Saturday. Saturday. So um, get, got together with a EB Holiday and um, Day Day, and we're, we're going to put together an event for the kids. Barbecue, music, Easter egg hunt. Starts at 2 o'clock, which you know we're black. Time, so okay. um, we're going to be there all day, though. Hopefully the weather holds up. Not too much shelter, but it's going to be a good opportunity for everybody to get out and bring the kids, have fun together, and everybody get to, you know, rejoice and have fun. You know, it ain't about Easter. It's just about the kids. So if you get an opportunity to come out to Jones Park on Saturday, it starts at 2 o'clock. Oh, that's what's up, man. That's yeah. dope. Uh, I got to come down there. What about you? Um, Nothing much, man. Tiring week. I had uh, my first litter, uh, and it's it's hell, but it's worth it. <laughs> Seriously, like, it is. Um, French Bulldogs, what I specialize in, they – um. They're only pregnant for two months. So when they give birth, it's called whelping. You literally have to be with the dogs. You literally have to, I'm talking about day and night. Every two hours, you set an alarm through the night. Wake up, feed them. You got to rub their bellies if their mom don't to help them boo-boo. You got to um, help them pee. Uh, their eyes are open for two weeks, so you're everything to them. So it's been, pfft. I ain't going to sleep till 6 in the morning last, this morning. But um, it's it's worth it. It's something I set out to do, and I'm I'm gonna get get it done. I ain't gonna quit. So <laughs> no, yeah, I've seen a little bit. I have seen has been like serious, like real serious. Like you, um, 
basically keeping them on a warm pad because you told me they can't regulate their they own body. Their own heat, yeah. Like that's that's you know it's wild, but it just shows how fast they're born. Two months of pregnancy, you would think that yeah they might need some assistance when they get here. Now opening their eyes up, you know it's just a, it, it was a beautiful thing to see though. Just see uh, the baby, the puppy be born, and then how it's acting and reacting and moving and healthy and. The uh, how mom is acting with them and stuff, so it's dope, man. That's really filthy. No, nah, it's dope, and that's why I be telling people people be amazed at how much they cost, and um, it takes. I mean, you got no coupons? not including <laughs> not including dog uh, buying the dogs. It takes about five to seven thousand to bring you a puppy. Like somebody wants to buy a dog, it takes that much to even. Get a, a healthy yeah, puppy to you. A know? healthy puppy that's so people really. Understand yeah. when you tell them how much a dog is, they're like, "Hey, man, I wouldn't pay that." But there's a many people who would. But this is the reason why. You know, where there's health, food, uh, paying to get a, a pregnancy. Sometimes they don't have babies, uh, puppies naturally. They have them um, by C-section. You got to pay for that. Um, ultrasounds, X-rays. Insemination if you don't do it yourself. So it's, it's a whole like bunch of stuff that goes into Sounds it. Sounds like yeah. a chickety check. No, nah, yeah, like, and that's the thing. People think you just making money, you're spending it too. Like, so um, it, it's, it's been work, but, you know, I wouldn't change it. It's something I want to do and I'm going to keep doing it. Has anybody asked you out, any outrageous prices or to hold a puppy or, you know, something that you just can't do? <sighs> well, Jazz Master say, I, I know a crackhead when I see one. <laughs> I, I know your stuff. Man, people ask the dumbest stuff. Every first of all, especially black people, every dog's not five hundred. That's the magical number. <laughs> hey man, I'm looking for a dog that's five hundred. You know, like no Negro. I don't know. I, I tell people all the time. Go, like, people, like somebody got mad at me. I'm like, go rescue a dog. They're like, man, what do you mean? I'm like, dog, go to a shelter and rescue a dog who needs somebody. The dog you know? needs it. Like that's like, real talk. I'm not saying like dog. There's hella straight dogs that need people, but you're not no. Like there's cane corsos, rot rollers, and there's plenty of dogs that don't cost five hundred. It's not just, you know, French Bulldogs. Like, yeah, when you pay for quality, dogs, yeah, yeah, they you cost know, a lot of money. Insane. <laughs> like, they, they, like, they want a just for me menu. It's like, you know, like my family, they just paid a nice amount. I ain't gonna say it for Doggo Argentino. Mm -hmm, yeah. And <laughs> like a minute ago, you couldn't get those dogs in the US and you, and you have to import them. I think they're the only bag. Like, they're, uh, they're only the black people, either, either one or two black people on the West Coast with one. A purebred one from Argentina. Uh, you can only get them from Argentina. So uh, there's certain like it's different worlds of things, and I wouldn't tell a hairstylist you know to charge something because I don't know, yeah. you know. Um, like it's, it's some people don't understand the dog world, and they be like, hey, why so much? But it's so many things that go into the dog, you know. And in, in order to produce one, you can't tell somebody what to do and how to do because everybody. I'm telling you, five hundred is the magical number. It's insane. Like people who don't even know each other, like, hey man, yeah, I got five hundred. Like, man, you might as well put that in a tank and go down to one of the shelters <laughs> and get you a dog, man, for real. Like, not even being funny. You might as well go buy an ad to walk dogs and save money to go buy the dog you want. Man, I spent that a year on food. Like, seriously. Alone. Like, not shots, not anything yeah, they else. Good. They eat better than me, man. But it sounds, sounds like you've been indulging that. It sounds like that's been something that's taking up most of your time. I know you got other things going on, but just yeah, from seeing you do that, man, man. man I salute you because... You got kids already, and that's more. That's that's a newborn baby for kids. Real. You know, newborn babies on deck. But these kids are gonna pay. The mother kids, <laughs> they just taking. Those other kids are just thieves in the night. <laughs> Broke best friends hanging out. Broke you ass go best somewhere? Friends. I got you. <laughs> Broke ass best it's friends. Terrible. But uh, no, I want to kick this week off talking about um, Black Lives Matter, <laughs> and it's not just an ornament on the front lawn. It's not just a movement. But the one of the leaders bought a house for six million dollars. And it was with some of the proceeds from the protests and the donations 
And when concern, I mean, when people asked about it, uh, she said it was for content, uh, like a content building. Where the hell you got to spend $6 million on a content building for? And it's a mansion. It's not even like, it's not even like retail a downtown loft, yeah, retail, yeah. yeah, like commercial uh, building or something. Yeah, no, nah, she went and bought a house and like, oh, it's for that is that's some Negro shit. Like, why do people want to make us look like this? Like, I don't understand it. My thing is that with stuff like that, you gotta realize that they're watching the money, like they watch the money. Of course, you're going to make some money. That's known. You're going to you're handling this money. You're gonna make some money. They know that, but they're watching the money. And um, you bought a $6 million mansion for who? <laughs> that was for yourself. You didn't want to do nothing but take care of you and yours. And that's understandable and respectable. But at the same time, you're on such a scale. And there's so much scrutiny already against B uh, Black Lives Matter and the movement and, you know, who's actually uh, official and who's not. It's so many things that people are arguing about. You're going to go buy a $6 million home. Where is it? It's in Atlanta? I want to say Atlanta, yeah. If, I'll it's, in check, if but... it's in Atlanta, then, I mean, you got to think about it. That six million dollar home is looking like uh, was a Rick Ross joint called. I don't know, but it's a palace. It's probably like eleven thousand square feet. It's man, just, it's, it's probably stupid. It don't make no sense. Well, Black Lives Matter, man. Let's salute her, though, man. She worked the game, worked the system, man. That's how. I mean, they it's, it's, it's the not like the first time it's been goes, done. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> it's, it's not like the first time it's been done. But come on, man. Like, hey, man, the system was built like that. All she did was play her cards right. Yeah, I feel it, man. I feel it, and I totally respect. It. I'm not knocking it. It's just like I feel like she could have said. This is for a, a women's shelter or something. Oh, no, yeah, no, you there's... Say, you know, this is for content, content. creation. And people... In, in today's world, though, you could actually literally get away with that tax. No, you can't, but people make content in closets. Like, you know, like, people have studios in little rooms. You could have came up with something better than that. Oh, yeah, I bought this glorious house. <laughs> this tremendous No one lives here for me, but... I mean, but me, this but... This glorious uh, mansion. But it's content <laughs> creation going on in here. It's some great Poupon. Yeah. And the butler, he's free. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he works pro bono. Yeah, no, no. I, um, I mean, more power to her. Hopefully, they'll take that ish from her. Um, hopefully, she gets to keep it. But, you know, it's just from being outside looking in and being black and knowing what the movement is about. It's just, you already know, like, six million for you didn't You didn't need that. But shine on, sister. <laughs> Do your thing, bro. I ain't mad at you. But six million for a house down there, man, is um, a lot of money to spend on a home. We are a part of something that means more than money. That's not really supposed to be monetary. It's supposed to be about, you know, um, rewriting history as far as who people see us as and who they <laughs> teach us as. You know what I'm saying? Black Lives Matter is supposed to be letting them know that we really matter, not that we really want to <laughs> exploit things or so. Hopefully they get back to what the movement's about, man. I mean, if she spent six million in house, how much money does she got? How much money does she get? You uh, know, man, what? If you spend six million, you gotta have that twice to buy a house, Two, right? Three, three times. times. She ate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but now nah, I want to. Uh, We're raw business, brother. <laughs> for real, I want to give a shout out to Black Lives Matter, Dwayne Haskins, uh, no, formerly sure. of the Washington Redskins or the Washington whatever they are, uh, and the backup, most currently for uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. He died not too long ago. He was hit by, a, I want to say it was like a dump truck or something. Um, he was on the side of the road, I guess, walking or running. Uh, he's an athlete. But uh, he passed away. And I want to give a shout out to him because, you know, it's a sad loss of life and such a young man and such a young career. But also because a lot of commentators, um, when saying that rest in peace on ESPN and other sports outlets, they had negative things to say or they spoke on his struggles with football. Adam Schefter. Yeah, it, it, it was more than him, you know, but it's like, you know, 
It can just be a black man losing his life in, you know, farewells and respects. Yeah, a tragic you know? way. Like, it's always, the media always displays us as criminals, as animals, as these people come from hard times and don't know no better. But when it's something that's tragically done to us, it's always some type of, you know, salt to throw in the wound. Like, you got to speak about him having troubles in the NFL. First off, he was still a young man who had plenty of opportunity and range to work with people, and he still had a plan to play football. So you don't know exactly what he was thinking about or what he was going through, but for his family that's still here and people who are mourning him, people who are grieving him, that's out of pocket for you to even mention anything that had to do with his downfall of football because football wasn't his life. He was someone's son, someone's brother, someone's, you know, cousin, best friend. You know, he I don't know if he had kids, but he literally was somebody who was looked at and admired by many who came after him, who looked up to him, just like he looked up to other people. If you see the video of him walking around, um, I think it's Sooners, uh, I want to say it's OSU. I think so. I think it's I, the I, Sooners. I, 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 he's walking I, I, around in the locker room. He's 11 years old. And he's saying, I'm going to play football. This is where I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to do. And you can see from that moment that he was serious about life and people supported him. So I just, I wish media just shown a light in this that wasn't, always negative, especially when it's already bad. We already lost someone who meant a lot to someone and a lot of people. And for you to talk about this career, his downfalls as an athlete, he's much more than an athlete. He's a person. He's a man. He's a, he's someone that needs to be, you know, highly, highly uh, decorated. And um, I don't know why they do us like that, but we got to start standing up and just talking shit back. No, I that's mean, why I wanted to give that's what happened on Twitter. He erased a tweet. They got bad for the dude. I mean, he, people, got real bad for people get so comfortable these days, they know. Like, you know, of all things, you know how it's going to look. You know, I don't, I don't care how high up you are, how much you think you got, you know, your foot in the game and you can say what you want. There's certain things, you know, you don't take it there with. And for you to, instead of saying rest in peace, you know, long live, or you had to add in his stroke. Like, what is the stroke of football? He can't run a 40 no more. Like, seriously, like he can't do any, he's, he like passed away. So his his field struggles should have nothing to do with saying rest in peace and letting his family grieve. Like it was it was really distasteful and what he said. He's actually someone that been in the community a lot. Like yeah. uh, they start showing his highlights, you know, videos that people had of him, and he was always working with kids, or he was always out in the community, or just always laughing and full of life. No, and that's yeah. the thing I've seen. Uh, so many football players put up uh, videos of him just being yeah, just life know, of the party, joyful, you know. And that's just a tough person to lose. You could tell people from. Najee Harris, who plays running back to Steelers, to Joe Burrow, uh, also played with him. Um, and he was like, um, you know, it's a tough loss. I have no words. Like, he affected different generations, different races, different aspects, different people. And for you to get on uh, global broadcasts and say anything about his struggles, instead of just saying rest in peace was was just not right. Backhanded, and we ain't standing for it. So give respect to um, black men and women that are in media that lose their lives or have some sort of shortcoming, you know, shine light on them. Because from the beginning, we already had things against us. And we always, always had to fight for our names and our rights and our face cards. So if yeah. you ever, ever, ever hear someone talking down to someone who is not here no longer and their name needs to be lifted high, then you support them and you back them. Because that's what we got to do. You know, to get forward, we got to remember where we come from. And people who's not here no more who want to fight the good fight with us, they want us to fight for them. So rest in peace to Haskins, man. Long live you. And I hope that your family gets some type of, if not some type of peace, understanding because you left a mark on this world and a legacy at a young age. And that means the world. So yeah, that means the most, especially yeah. at a young age. Um, sticking with uh, football, um, Brian Flores, who's currently was in the news um, for his lawsuit against the NFL. He was a coach for, I want to say the Jaguars. And uh, 
Basically, the owner told him, I'll pay you to purposely lose games to tank so we get better draft picks. I'll pay you six figures a game to do that. And he didn't. He actually had a decent record, uh, better than what they should have had, and they fired him. Uh, and most coaches who do what he did don't get fired. So he has a lawsuit against him. There's also now two other uh, former coaches in the NFL who joined his lawsuit. So now people are coming out the woodworks in the NFL and saying, hey, I've also experienced racial discrimination, whether it's be, being hired, being fired, um, policies, um, legalities, um, the way we run the, the business, the organization, the way I run my offense, defense, team, I've experienced some racism. So they're coming out the woodworks, and I think it's going to change how the NFL does things. They've already implemented a, a rule where you have to hire, I think it's a minority offensive coach or something like that, you know, it's a rule where you have to you have to hire an offensive or defensive head coach. I mean, um, offensive coordinator. Like hey, one of the main coaches has to be black. Yeah, which is what initiated other people. Like, okay, we got it now. Yeah, like Flores, he sacrificed himself, and now everybody else is starting to step up and say, "Well, I experienced this too." Because look at my record. Look what I brought to this team. Look at the players I drafted. There's so many black coaches that increment that they're. Incremental, they're increment parts of uh, organization and planning, and they literally have given so much to it to just have it to be thrown from, away, not given opportunity. Yeah. So there's coaches that are stepping up, and shout out the black coaches because the NFL showed their true colors by giving that, by saying, "Hey, there's a law, there's a rule now that you guys have to select a black." Offensive or defensive coordinator, if not head coach, What's because the, the numbers were so low. That means that in the past, however long the NFL has been around, that you guys have not had enough black uh, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. It, it's crazy how they did that, but that gave them guys a green light, like you said, for them to join up and create a, a lawsuit against yeah. the NFL because no, that showed yeah. that there is some type of discrimination. Um, shout out to Mike Tomlin, the head coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, that's what when, when you're black and you see somebody who's being done wrong, you're supposed to bring them in and help them. And he actually signed Flores, you know, to be a coach on his staff, you know, when other teams probably wouldn't touch them because of what's going on. And that's how you're supposed to do when you're black. So, so shout out to Mike Tomlin for doing that, you know, and showing some initiative and some integrity, you know, because he didn't have to do that. Uh, and, and he did. Um, so shout out to them guys for that. And I can't wait to see how it unfolds. I think it's going to affect the NFL in a major way. No, it's, it's in a huge way. I truly believe it's going to affect it because not only you've been using us for years as athletes, as workhorses, but now our mental capacity is being tested and we, we're going to succeed every time. They, that point in time, they didn't think black quarterbacks could exist because they didn't think we had the mental capacity to be a quarterback, which is insane. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it really is wild. So, you know, the steps that get closer to realizing that we are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, you can just have to give us everything, man. You know what I'm saying? We're taking over our sports anyway. So, you know what I'm saying? We got a uh, black speed skaters now. Um, we got, you know, we're taking over everything, man. So they might as well just give us all the coaching positions. <laughs> it's just, just go ahead and give us our own league, man. Let's just start at like the big three. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's a discouraging number for the amount of, I mean, the NFL, I think it was 86% black or something or something like that when I looked. Athletes. Yeah. yeah at, you know, the players. So to not have anybody they recognize at a coach position. Authority is level. Like, yeah. Like, it's yeah. insane. It's bad enough. There's what? One black owner, partial owner or something. It's, it's insane. So, um, no, yeah, I just wanted to shine a light on that. We'll follow that as it goes on because I know it's going to be more coaches coming out. And we're going to have to talk about another time about that old money because that's being a big issue out in the NFL. Oh, yeah. There's some old money in there. Yeah, no, There's yeah, and, 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 and there, they're man. old money. Like, it's old money and they're old money. You no, know? for real. Um, so, nah, um, I, I believe you want to talk about um, <laughs> you ain't my daddy. Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to call your Step mama. <laughs> I'm going to tell your mama. 
How do you feel about them, man? What's going on? How do you feel about them? They're just getting older age, and I was just thinking and um, talking with one of my partners and stuff, and he just had a fresh kid. And, you know, it's funny how things change when you don't have kids when you do because you go from saying what you won't do, or I'm not talking to this, she got kids, you know, they be like, oh, man, you know, I got she can have a kid or two. <laughs> like, you know, so the dynamics change. But growing up and getting older, you start to see a lot more blended families. And so I just, you know, um, wanted to know how you feel about that, you know, coming from, I mean, really a f- solid found, broken foundation. You know what I'm saying? It, it was kind of both. You know what I'm saying? So how do you feel about blended families and stepchildren uh, to say like? Um, I always believe it takes a village. Um, I do believe kids need mentors, healthy mentors. I do believe sometimes, you know, um, things will work out and you go to your separate ways. And as long as you find someone who's healthy for the situation, it's good. Um, like I said, children need a good father figure, a good mother figure. Um, but I also believe on the other end that being a stepdad is a thankless job because you take on full responsibility. Uh, you have to, especially from a men's point of view, to be a man, you have to take on full responsibility of being the caregiver, the provider, this and that. But also you have restrictions. You know, it's not your child to really yell, to really yell at or discipline if you want to. You know what I'm saying? You still have to go to mom. Whether when's my kid, I don't have to go to mom for anything. I may consult with her, but I still have to say, when, you know, when it's stepkid, you're fully responsible. If I go to get something to eat for the other kids, I got something to eat for them. But if I want to, you know, if it's something else, I have to con- consult with her, you know? So I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I know situations where, um, it's been, you know, good to have somebody else in the home who's, you know, holding it down. And also, I know situations where it's been bad. Um, also, it confused me, uh, confused me when people do the same thing with a new parent that they could have did with the old one. And I know a lot of people be like, I'm not, I'm not sticking around. Uh, I'm not staying with the, with the kids. But a lot of our parents left and we're still messed up. So... You know, I think it's a give and take. It's different situations and circumstances, you know? No, well, I, I respect that. I also um, feel similar to that. I just, um, I don't, because our great-grandma raised us to believe that when you date someone, get with someone, you have to accept their kids. You have to be fully responsible to accept what comes with this woman, you know, and vice versa. <clears throat> but um, I just always had this thing growing up where I see my my biological father be good to other kids, you know what I'm saying? And so that affected me to where it made it seem like I could never give my, you know what I'm saying? I can never be this. Yeah. I got my own kids. I can't, I seen somebody that. do that. You know, yeah. that's whack. So I, I'm, I, in the more recent years, I've been breaking that and unlearning that because of knowing that I will probably eventually be with someone who has kids. But at the same time, my daughters will eventually, you know, their mothers will have someone, you know, and so I have to, learning to deal with that and also know that someone else might be able to protect and love what I love to death or care about to death. And it's just something for me to break because of what I've been through. So it was kind of traumatizing seeing or just knowing that my dad was around, but he had kids in his house that he took care of, that he was, you know, uh, you know, like, come on, bro, they pay for college for kids that ain't theirs. Yeah, so, my dad's side sucks. <laughs> yeah, so it's just crazy where I, I just get into this age and I'm starting to realize that there's a lot of blended families and it's real. Like when you have a kid that's with someone you're dating or, or someone that you're with, it's serious and you can't really half-ass it. So no, it's just can't. something I thought about and I wanted to talk about. But, you know? but not only is it up to you as a man or woman who's coming to the kid's life, but it's also up to the man or woman who is the parent to vet 
who's coming into the kid's life. You know, a lot of people be so quick to fall in love because or just want somebody new. Yeah. Yeah. They think about them, not think about the kid. So it, it goes both ways. It go always, you know. Um, I'm not against it, but also I think it has to be the right situation and the right people, um, the custodial parent and then the parent coming in, you know, the man or woman coming in. Because um, there's a lot of dudes who want to deal with bad kids. Um, and there's a lot of women who don't want to deal with baby mama drama, you know. So it's situations that go hand in hand where you have to, have to take into account um, who it is, what it is, um, how it's going, and just be mature about it. A lot of people can't be mature about it. If, if it was like that, a lot of people wouldn't be born. A lot of people wouldn't have you. <laughs> like, seriously, there's certain situations where you, you guys should have just had sex. You shouldn't even have a Procreated, huh? Yeah, you guys should have. It should have been, it should have been no relationship. It should have been just get on, get on. You know, seriously, like, yeah, like, be real about it. It's like, some people, you know, everything's not a fairy tale. Everything's not Disney. Some stuff you could have just left alone or without. moved on from. Yeah, you know, men and women. So I think once we start being realistic and honest about stuff, it'll get a lot better. But until we stop living in this fairy tale land. That's just like we was talking about in our um, our group chat that, that we have um, with Uncle Timo. We was saying how he was and his testimony to us. And, you know, like, you got it's accountability. You got to check yourself. You know what I'm saying? Because it's going to happen so many times until you say, hey, well, this keeps happening because I keep doing like this or moving like that. So definitely, definitely respect that. You know what I mean? You can't just keep on having kids <laughs> or keep on being a step. It's like, no, something's got to change. You got to do something different to get something different. So. No, yeah. Uh, I used to look down at people or not look down, but just be like, people, I don't want kids. I'm like, man, you're, you're crazy. It's a blessing. It's beautiful. And it's all that. But now it's like I respect somebody even more for knowing who they are. Instead what they are, being, yeah. what they have to offer instead of bringing the kid to the world and not being ready and taking that kid because kids don't ask to be born, you know. So um, I totally respect people like back then. You're like, man, you're crazy. You know, you're selfish. Then I was like, no, it's actually selfish to bring somebody to the world. You're not ready. No, seriously. You're not, yeah, you're not yeah. going to be cool. You know, you're going to mistreat the child or not knowingly abuse them, whether it's mentally, emotionally, you know. So or you know how, you know, women be having the kid because they want the man and not the kid. Man, it happens all the time. <laughs> it happens all the time, you know. Hate mail coming in. <laughs> it's stupid. We're gonna take a damn break and we'll be back um with my more. My name's Ronnell. It's not. <laughs> it's not at all. It's, it's not. Don't send <laughs> send him the hate. Flu Panella. Uh Ronald Moore. Uh we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back after after the break. Cause we're taking a break. <laughs> Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for Black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media. Yo, we are back. Um, thank you for hanging out with us and still being here. I know you have things you do, but we're back. And um, right now we're going to speak on the black community and the word square. Um, it's been a lot of controversy between, uh, especially with the Russell Wilson Sierra situation. I remember, um, what's his name on the I Am Athlete podcast, Channing, or what's his name? Channing. Yeah. So, something, yeah, he spoke on it and was saying, you know, basically, um, Russ is a square. He would have never got there if he didn't have money. And Cloudon was an NFL star. And he's partly right, but I wanted to bring light to that because that's something we have to stop throwing around uh, in the black community. We've made things cool. That's not cool. Um, being a square, I mean, what is it? Um, it's, it's just like what people say, oh, you're talking white. 
Like, what is, what is that? that? Yeah, I thought you I was know? supposed to learn English. Yeah, you know, because because you enunciate, you pronounce your words, you you don't you know say things with a slang. They'll say it a certain way. But as a black people, we have to stop thinking like that. We have to stop putting people in the box. We have to stop um, expecting them to be uh, everybody to be like each other. Uh, we have to accept different forms of life. Everybody isn't gonna be you know hip hop. Everybody isn't gonna be the dude you know who wants to be down or whatever it is. You know, like expect everybody's you know. Um, walk in life, but also I think, uh, cause it to me in our culture, women set the culture and I don't believe being a square came from men. Cause I, I see men all the time, you know, seeing people do their thing and it's like, that's you cause this is me. Um, yeah. it's really, and as a man, I told, I was, I was having a debate, uh, debate with women cause as a man, I've seen it where women have patched you up cause you don't talk a certain way. You don't walk a certain way. You don't dress a certain way. You know, it, it's like they're like, um, you know, he's not hood enough. You know, I, I love me a little thug. No, yeah. <laughs> See her I mean, said it to herself. She come on it. now. She had to change her ways. And um, I don't even understand why people would even, you know, it's funny that he's square. We all made jokes and stuff. You know what I'm saying? But square was a condition that was created, like, at a time where we didn't even know who we are, were. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I remember growing up being called square, calling people a square. And it's like. Well, actually, in life, square stuff is the cool stuff because it got you everything you desire. It's less stressful. Without risking your life like a lot of people had to do, you know, growing up. So it was kind of a condition that was put into us. And for him to say that, it was true. It was true. But, but it was timing and it was delivery. But you, Sierra has a tr track record. We're not going off of a angelic, didn't have kids before. Wasn't with the, you know, different men of calibers and certain yeah. statuses. She comes from, you know, rappers. She liked this lifestyle and this and that. She's from Atlanta. So, you know, it's not forget, you know, what I'm saying? Wow, future 50 cent. So the list goes on. Okay. Then. So it's kind of like people are forgetting to put that with her instead of just saying, oh, well, she just found what she wanted. Like, no, she figured out what she wanted. Yeah. We have to grow and go through things. She had the opportunity and the blessing to have a, Failed, whatever you want to call it, relationship, whatever it was, it got her to where she is. Yeah. She's happy and it's beautiful to see. But people are confusing that with what's real. Like at a point in time, she didn't like squares. She didn't like dudes of certain tastes, of certain walks of life. This is what she wanted. This is what she wanted after. This is what made her happy. And so we got, I, I want people to stop doing that and forgetting what brings you to a certain point. Cause we all try to talk about the now without talking about how do we, how do we get here? The journey, yeah. How do we get to this point? So, I mean, you know, Recipe Square is a box of Apple Jacks, but it's just that he's doing something that is great for black men to see, black families to see. So you can't be mad at a man that's having a lot of progress and making a lot of uh, headway in a time where, you know, we break any stereotypical boundaries of black men are fathers. Black men don't get married to black women. He actually left a white woman for a black woman. So he's unbroke some Horse history already. This history is just the opposite of what we want. Him leaving Seattle and all this other stuff. But as far as him being a square, that's who he's been since day one. Yeah, he's a cornball. We start talking about him dressing cool. He's okay then. No, that's no, right. no, he's broke. He, he could be a cornball, but that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. who he was. But we start talking about him when he start throwing in the leather jackets and the designer and all that. Everybody's like, ah, oh, man, this guy, man. So Here he goes. Black Gucci. Here, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, buddy? <laughs> nah, seriously. Um, <laughs> nah, um, but, but see, that's the issue in our, and I just wanted to address that because that's the issue in our community. Um, that's, that's one of the reasons why. Will Smith got a stage and smack Chris Rock. Uh, he's been emasculated. Um, you, seriously. No, like, you live in a house where Jada's celebrating a dead fool's birthday every year? 
I'm your husband. <laughs> like, let's just food rest in peace. So, you know, because Jada wants that thug. And she, and she married Will Smith, half a Billy most bankable actor in history. You know, like, and, and you, and you're fantasizing over a man who's, who's gone, who's been gone and who had a girlfriend when he died. It wasn't even you. Like, it's insane, but that goes to show you. <laughs> no, no Jada's a bald head nut, dog. <laughs> no. She just said he didn't need to come protect me. I'm not a woman that needs protected. Boy, if you don't take her to a space to do it a day, they kick her off that motherfucker. <laughs> boy, if I see Jada, I'll, I'll give her a noogie. A fucking noogie. I'll put her in hell like Fucking fresh cut the back of that neck. Jada, you be out here bad, bro. Nah, you know my nigga will so bad. But that's, that, but that's, but that's the president. Like, that's, uh, like I was saying, men don't create that narrative. That's women who have passed. Like, I know suitable, like women say there's no men out here. There's suitable men. I know scholars, graduates who make uh, five to six digits a year who, you know, have good core family values who can't get a woman because his pants are too tight or he wears glasses or he doesn't go out and kick it or, you know, he, he, he might listen to David and Matthew band, you know, like well, he, he don't, don't drink, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so, you know, that's, um, that's just another part of, you know, the, the perception that you have to dress a certain way, walk a certain way, talk a certain way, you know, so. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, shut up. Jada, listen, man. Just Will's not gonna do it. You leave, Jada. Just go. Will needs to be free. Big Gunk's drowning. He's looking up like, no, that's why you understand. He's sometimes he, he helped you out. Now you're gonna tell this man you didn't need saving. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you Jesus. look at him because everybody's laughing at that knucklehead. Ah, girl, <laughs> give you a noogie out this world. He's blessed. He was slapping Kiss Rock because anybody else would. <laughs> boy, he, he would turn around. He turned around like he was 007 walking away. <laughs> he would have got a Sparta kick to the back off stage. <laughs> this is Sparta. <laughs> Will would have been done. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but uh, uh, singing with the black community because black people, uh, black lives matter um <laughs> i want to um talk about um this aging thing that black people do we put an age in everything um and that and that came to my mind when i was watching um kt foreign released a video he's an artist out of california and he future sugar free on it you know one of our favorite artists from oh West man Coast. and that's a and great track. Was still snapping you know he's got to be almost 50 years old you know he has to be um and he's been in the game for 30 some years and it just came to my mind how you know, seeing people, oh, Unc, oh, man, who's who's this old pastor, you know, in the comments, you know, talking like that, when, you know, black people are the only people who do that. You know, if Jay-Z releases something, oh, man, he needs to do this. He don't, he, you know, he need to focus on rap. He got other things going. Kiss will be 90 years old, touring. That's what, ah! <laughs> you know, <laughs> Kiss will be on tour at, at 90 years old, and white people aren't worried about the age. They're going to enjoy themselves, kick it and party. Black people, we have to stop putting the age in our things. You know, oh man, I see memes all the time. You know, man, man if you, if you 40 trying to rap, you just got to focus on jazz, unk. It's funny as hell. It's funny, but it's also really an issue with our community, you know, cause nobody's telling anybody else what to do with their lives. You and know? you go, like just you said, it's so funny cause like you saw our brother, he, um, has sold tickets our whole life. And you know, we go to the events with him when you go sell him. When he's at these kids concerts or these, uh, forgot the older white dude that smokes a lot. Um, but he, we went to that concert literally. And this guy, it was people dressed like him, his age. He's 70, still performing. It's 60, 70-year-olds outside, bandanas on, leather, makeup. I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. Oh, they're still going at it. It never stops. So that age thing is correct, man. That's just like with uh, 
black people putting you out at 18 or telling you you gotta be out. You know what I'm saying? We got an age problem in our community. Yeah, yeah for sure. It sure is a, a systematic and I think uh, oppressive manner that we have because of things put on us and certain things we think like whoopings, all types of things that black people have been raising and been based yeah. in our community are kind of like put on us and we'd have kept that ish going for a long time, for real, for real. No, it's, it's, it's stupid because I'm 35 and I'll have a 24 year old be like, that, that, that dude was old. And then if I die tomorrow, I'd be like, man, he was so young. Which one is it? <laughs> Don't give me my youth when I'm dead. Yeah. Let me live my youth oh, while man, I'm alive. Brother, brother Moore. Man, he had so much life so to much live. Life but what I was heard, that? I heard in the streets, the nigga is fucking rusted. <laughs> Excuse my language. It's rusty out here. <laughs> I mean, like, that we have to stop aging everything. Like, the back community is like, I, I don't know if it's because we're used to living fast or what it is, but we have to give that up because that is just not right to people's growth. Because everybody, like some people don't become who they are until they're 40, 50. Uh, statistics show that black men don't reach their, um, their, uh, their, like, their, their wealth height when they make the most money until about 45 years old, 50 years old. You know what I'm saying? Some do hit around 20, 30, depending on what you're doing, who you are. But everybody blooms differently, you know? So we have to stop putting the age and everything. Um, Aging stuff fast. Yeah. From the kids to ourselves. And it's just... Even with me getting older, you know, hear people say grown man strength all the time. And you think as a kid, like, I'm strong too, man. I, man, I got that too. But the difference is, it's not just strength and muscle. It's your mind. It's knowing what to do and how to do. You know, you, you remember fighting older dudes and they got the tactics and moves. I'm like, old niggas, man, old niggas be doing that. Nah, that's effective, man. It no, works. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> hey, you man, just, yeah. Now, why is he punching fools in the throat? Because that's, that'll make you stop fighting. Yeah, first. Like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, my bad, OG. You know, like, <laughs> As you oh, you learn shortcuts. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, you're like, man, come on, OG. And he, <laughs> and he kicks you in the shin. And you're like, man, why you do that? You do but now that? your face is open and you're knocked out. And you're like, and we wake up, you're like, man, that was a good move. Like, <laughs> it worked, as man. you get older, you learn different things. <laughs> no, seriously, you know? So we got to let each other age and come into age, you know, and understand. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> so no. Seriously, we have to. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, come on, man. <laughs> Seriously, you have to let us come into age. Men and women, we got to stop putting, you know, like some people might have the, the, the pass for something, but don't find the ambition for it for a long time. And we're going to do when they find the ambition at 42 to chase their dreams. Tell them you're too old. Like that's, I, I, I don't think that's right. You know, morally, uh, any type of fashion is not right. So, um, I, I believe that age and stuff, the black community has to get rid of it. That was a great topic, man. Um, man. Tattoos, here's a joy. That was dope, though, because we don't speak about that enough, and people don't even think that's a thing. I guarantee you, everybody watches be like, oh, yeah. Man, I've seen it, bro. Right. I've seen it. I've seen somebody, and I've seen them be called, you need to do, man, you need to do something with your life, man. You're getting older, man. And then they pass away, and it's like, man, he was so young and full of life. It's like, which one is it? Which one is it, bro? You can't have it both ways. <laughs> Seriously, it's it pisses me off. Like, the man is laying in his castle, and now he's got all the time in the world, and he, he has so much to do. When he was alive, he was old, and he needed to change. He didn't change what's going on. Like, I can't stand it. Black, black people, we have to do better. We have to stop expecting people to do better for us. We have to do better. It's tiring. Like, I could, like, I used to watch interviews of Dick Gregory recipes, and he used to be, he cussed every He's interview. tired. He was tired. He was tired. <laughs> the older you get, you realize he, he, he was tired. tired dog. He was tired, bro. Like, you know, I used to be like, man, he cusses everybody out. He's pissed off. Then I just, then as I get older, I'm like, he's just, 
Got time for you, Negroes. I'm, I'm tired. Seriously, <laughs> man. Nigga, I'm eyes tied. <laughs> for real. Eyes tied, boss. Nah. Um, <laughs> uh, switching it up. Um, on a more serious note, um, recently, I cannot say his last name. I'm not going to chop it up. Uh, his name, first name is Christian. He was stabbed to death by his girlfriend. Um, and condolences in Miami? To him. Was yeah. that down in Florida? Yeah. yeah. Condolences to him and his family. And just like his girlfriend's white. And he's a black this, man. And, and you know he's, he's a black African. Man. Yeah, yeah, actually. And um it, it it made me want to speak about it because a lot of women, black women, gave it backlash because he had tweeted his preferences. He preferred white women, you know, and they, and like when the black man got killed, the first thing they did was go to Twitter and look at his old tweets. They nobody said rest in peace. Nobody did an investigation. No, seriously, like as soon as he died, I was like, Man, what did he say about us? And they went and looked up and he said, you know, I prefer white women, this and that. And, you know, it made me think of how unprotected the black man is. He might have had his preference. No one's knocking anybody else for their preferences. But he's getting knocked. They're saying, you know, you should have dated black women. It ain't uh, our business. Yeah, you know, see what happens. And I just think that is awful. It, like, it's just awful. It's not right. You know, we should respect like everybody. I mean, Serena Williams says that she feels like her husband treats her better than what she's been treated by black men. No one threw a fit, you know, like yeah. that's her business. She might really feel like that, you know? So it just, it, it, it just messed me up because as a black man, our black women are supposed to be at our backs. They're supposed to have our back. They're supposed to have our front. And for him to pass away and not even a rest in peace, it's like, oh, well, he, he didn't like, you know, I, I wasn't his cup of tea. So, you know, what this got to do with me is sad, you know? Like, and, and she was a social influencer. So her whole thing was to kind of have attention to me. You know what I'm saying? So give her attention. You guys are on every other subject, every other topic. Give her attention now. Like you said, he didn't like black women. It wasn't his thing. But he's still a black man. He was someone's son. And he's somebody that we need to highlight because no matter what we feel about them two, the judicial system only works for people that are people that are white. I'll just say it. Because just due process hasn't even happened. She never even seen a courtroom. There's not been a charge filed, nothing happened. So as far as that goes, I would like her to see that process just because of the simple fact this is a black man who was stabbed to death. Supposedly there was prior DV situations, there was prior fights and stuff that's documented. But that night he was asleep, supposedly. So they're waiting for the coroner to, you know, basically give them the um, results back, saying if he was up, if he was awake, you know, if anything they can tell, like there was any resistance. So um, they're waiting for that, but she needs to be taken through the just due process because this is a murder that he was stabbed. You know, this is the homicide and it could be seen as murder. It could be seen as whatever it is, but they need to take him through the whole process. And that's what I'm fighting for. Um, you know, I'm not going to say just forget him because he didn't like black women. I mean, I could just say, Hey, that's what happens with white women, I guess. I mean, that's the, if you want to talk about experiment in case in point, trial and error, that one study, you end up stabbed by a white lady. I don't know. We run with that. My thing is she needs to be taken through the process of, you know, evidence and, you know, going through an investigation because she just she's out here living life, having coffee. You know, um, the, I did have a black woman. Uh, there was a black woman harassed her on video. Like there was. Yeah, yeah. She saw her out. She was like, you're just out living life. And, you know, this man's, you know, dead. You murdered him. So yeah. shout out to her. You know, I'm not saying it's. A majority by it, but Twitter is a hellacious place, and it's not a real place. Just like Dave Spell said, Twitter is not a real place. First of all, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, uh, I got backlash in there because I was because <laughs> I say entitlement is somebody telling you, somebody who's five four telling you, you got to be six foot to date them. How entitled are you? And what I had to the women in my mentions, pff, insane. So don't take Twitter to heart. But all the linebackers. But it was discouraging. 
it was discouraging to see, you know, so many black women like, you know, forget him, you know, and he's still a person, you know, still a human being. He was still murdered. It's not like he was, you know, tell me he tell me he did something, you know, vulgar or disrespectful to a black woman. Don't tell me his preference was a white woman and now it's OK. He got killed by a white woman. So, you know, that's that's why I wanted to speak up with that. Well, um, let me. That was gonna be a horrible joke. Yeah, don't even say that, man. <laughs> Anybody will give a shout out, man. <laughs> this guy. Shout out to your name, man. Like I said, Seven Scale Boutique. I'm always gonna show her love. Um, she me us once a week, checking on the events. She will be here this Friday at uh, Aries Bash. We got at Mint Lounge, so she's been promoting that too. So we just help each other out, man. And um, another one I want to shout is my guy Pickett. Um, he had just uh got awarded through the Bill Foundation, um, basically like a grant for his business. Him and a few other people I do know. Postman. But that's someone that I talk personally with who owns a postal service. He's been making a lot of noise in the community and I wanna shout, pick it out, uh, the postman service. And I think this was about his kennel, um, which I, I'm not gonna, I, I can't remember the name of it, but he also runs a bully kennel. So doing some big things, man. They had about 30,000 in, in um, grant money to give out. They gave a thousand to each business. So I seen um, everybody from him to my guy Demario, um, who is a, a, a victim of violence, gun violence, and now is in a wheelchair. Paralyzed. He's yeah. been making his recovery and giving his testimony and taking us along his journey. So um, yeah, uh, I want to shout out the Bill program. Shout out Seven Scale, and like I said, shout out Pickett Man. Uh, salute you, bro. We had a good conversation, man. And whatever you do, you know I'm, I'm behind you 100. percent yeah, I want to shout out to um, Black Fathers because um, nobody else is going to do it. But also because I know some dope Black Fathers, um, you know, whether it's, you know, O, uh, me, myself, my brother. But also I know people personally. Um, I had a friend, his his the mother's child just died and uh, he's taking on responsibility of their daughter full scale. I know about four or five men who currently had babies and they haven't missed a beat. So I'm going to shout out to Black Fathers um, because the narrative has always been. We're not in our child's lives, and it's always been a false narrative, um, as far as I can see, and the statistics, the statistics I looked up. Uh, I want to give us a shout out because we're overlooked, we're downplayed, we're down talked, and that's not the case. Um, I know many great fathers. Um, there are some ones here and there, for sure, without a doubt, but I know many black fathers who are doing the thing in their kids' lives and holding them down and who really love them, you know? So shout out to you guys, man. Keep doing what you do, man. Okay, once again, this Friday um, at Mint Lounge, we are hosting the Aries Bash. So all the Aries come out and hang with us. We got plenty of birthdays coming out. We got bottles and service and table res reservations available. Um, DJ Marvelous is coming through. So come check out me and bro hosting our thing. Something we was born and doing, been doing a long time. And um, also I want to shout you out on your uh, kennel. You know what I'm saying? Top Tier is really doing it, man. You see the puppies that are breeded, man. They're beautiful, healthy puppies, yeah, beautiful, man. That's man. black business, man. So like I said, we're going to keep it going. And on Saturday, we have an Easter egg hunt for the cheering. So if you have kids, bring them down to Jones Park in Renton. Google that junk, and they're going to send you the directions. Um, it starts at 2 o'clock. We'll have music, barbecue, and Easter egg hunt. But no bad kids, though. I fight parents and I talk back. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> leave bad kids at kid. home, man. Leave, your kid. leave bad kids at home, man. Shout out Converge Media, man. Black Media Matters, man. This is home, man. You know what I'm talking about? We're going to keep rocking like cutout stockings. This is episode 16 on VI. Really? We'll see you guys next week. When the blue notes, that's a mobby pass. Blast the whole block blowing horns. That's that Jackson Jazz. I told you guys, man.